welcome to the Running Around Baltimore podcast. I am your host, Glenn Smith. And I'm Coach Buddy Weber. And this is the 2019 Year in Review episode for this fifth Monday in December. This podcast began back on the first Monday in January of 2019, so needless to say, this has been quite a year of learning as we got this project started, right, buddy? Uh, indeed, Glenn, and I, I think back, it's been just about a, a year at this point, actually a year today as we're recording this, uh, that you first pitched this idea to me. Uh, it clearly had been rolling around your head for a period of time, but we went out for a run uh, and uh, stopped for a coffee at Starbucks, and you uh, you pitched this idea. So, so how, how did the concept of doing a podcast start with you? Yeah, I mean, this is definitely something I had been kicking around for quite a while, and uh, we might have even chatted about it once over the summer, but I'm sure it was the sort of thing you're like, ah, yeah, Glenn, that sounds like a great idea, but get back to me when you're serious that I guess in December I was. Um, I guess I've always liked uh, radio, especially sports radio when I was a kid. Uh, but obviously, you know, branching out into the radio business is a little bit harder. But uh, I've really gotten into podcasts the last few years. And as, uh, you know, I was kind of thinking about things that I might want to do, you know, obviously I love running uh, and I, you know, kind of like the idea of having a running podcast for the local area and i thought you know it's kind of interesting that nobody has done a a podcast for running in the baltimore area and then you know i'm just the sort of person that well if you think it's a good idea and nobody's doing it well why don't you do it so that's sort of where it came from but i came into it in that planning meeting with you last december with really very little idea of um you know exactly what the structure was going to be uh technically how it was going to be done I just knew that it was something I wanted to do and that I was sort of in the early stages of trying to figure it out. So um, we worked out a lot that day. And, uh, you know, you brought uh, a perspective to it that I really appreciated from your uh, from your work background. Yeah, it's it's tough to take the project management out of a project manager. And uh, I, I hope I didn't overwhelm you that day. I, I, I recall thinking at least it was a great idea. But uh, I think one thing we agreed on uh, is that it, it I didn't want it to be the Buddy Weber show. Uh, and you actually wanted it to be more about the, the runners in the Baltimore area, uh, that, that they're the highlight and, and not you or I. Yeah, that's true. I didn't want it to be the Glenn Smith show either. Uh, so, yeah, I've, I've done whatever I can to try to put the runners, uh, the people that I've uh, brought onto the show first. And that was actually the toughest thing early on was it's kind of hard to get people to come on a show that doesn't exist uh, to try to convince people that, you know, this is something they're going to want to do. And that's become a little easier over time as, uh, you know, local runners have become a little more aware of what we're doing uh, and very occasionally people will reach out to me saying they want to come on, but uh, mostly, uh, you know, people are aware of it. So, you know, they see their friends doing it or, you know, they've heard other episodes and they, you know, that kind of breaks down that barrier. But at first it's kind of hard to reach out to people and pitch them on uh, in doing a race report uh, or doing an interview when they've not heard the show before. Uh, and also when I didn't quite have a, a full idea of what it was going to be like to try to explain the concept to them when I didn't have a, you know, a clear idea of what it was going to be full fledged myself, um, you know, made those first couple episodes a little challenging, but it got better pretty quickly. Yeah. So let's, let's, uh, let the listeners in behind the scenes and, uh, tell our listeners what those first couple episodes were like for you. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, really before, even our planning meeting, uh, one of the things that I knew that I wanted based on kind of, you know, I went through different podcasts that I like, different running podcasts and thought about the structure, you know, different things they would have. And pretty much all of them had some sort of uh, music, either interludes between segments or, you know, at least intro and outro music. And, uh, you know, I it was one of those things where I decided, you know what, I could go with some sort of nondescript canned instrumental music, uh, you know, that'd be free and available online. Uh, or I needed to try to find some way to get music on the podcast that wouldn't get me into trouble with copyright infringement. So, uh, you know, being it being a local podcast and my favorite local band, Kelly Bell Band, I'd been listening to for years, I figured I would just reach out to them and, you know, sort of shoot for the stars, see if they would be willing to let me use some of their music uh, and they agreed. So every episode so far, and 
you know, for the foreseeable future has, has featured music from the Kelly Bell band. Uh, and, uh, that, you know, that was sort of the first time that I realized that sometimes if you just ask, sometimes people will say yes, and that you won't uh, really lose anything if you don't, uh, you know, if you do try and somebody says, no, it's not, the, not a big deal, but you're not going to gain anything unless you try. So that was sort of the first thing. Uh, but then it was, okay, how do we get the podcast out to people? You know, we could, rec- you know, how do we record things with people remotely? How do we get things published? And I quickly found out there were some uh, websites and apps out there that made that a little easier. And the one that I have used throughout is called Anchor, uh, which is, uh, was pretty soon uh, after we got started was bought by Spotify, which, you know, uh, has lent a lot of uh, expertise to, you know, this smaller company to try to, you know, improve their podcasting app. But it is a little bit clunky compared to some other things. And, uh, you know, the big problem was uh, how to record remotely and there was a way to do that through the app so uh you know i pitched you on this and i said oh you know we can just sort of you can go to their website and you can use a mic on your computer and uh you know we can connect that way so uh how did that go the first time buddy uh it has a website glenn (laughs) well it did originally i mean it does and we tried to record that way through your computer and uh as I recall, that didn't work. And then we had to scramble that first time trying to figure out how to get things downloaded onto your phone and would it sound right. And, it, you know, it was just sort of a mess. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of interesting that that first one. And I, I was a little disappointed because, yeah, who doesn't use a, a web interface? Uh, but, you know, more and more things are going to, towards an, an app interface, whether it's on your phone uh, or an iPad or something like that or some other type of tablet. Um, but um, we we got it to work. Uh, I think the, the first uh, struggles I had was was finding a a mic that I could use uh, with my my iPhone and use that app and still sound good. And I, I think the first couple episodes I really struggled with that. Yeah, and it's def it was definitely very strange. I mean, it was nice that I was able to kind of get the whole thing started with a cell phone and uh, and that's it. But at the same point. Uh, you know, it would drop out from time to time. And then we're trying to figure out what got recorded, what did not. And, uh, you know, trying to cut things together and, uh, you know, we'll talk more about sound quality later, but there wasn't really any way to adjust sound levels. Uh, if, you know, one person was louder than the other and that definitely affected things the first few episodes. So, uh, needless to say over time, we've, we've sort of moved away from that. Um, but, you know, it was definitely part of that learning experience uh, early on. Uh, but then, you know, really it w- was also my next real challenge was how to sustain the podcast, uh, you know, to get guests coming on, try to work out my schedule with their schedule. And, um, you know, it was something that after that first episode, it was at a time where, you know, personally, I was going through some stuff here. My wife had uh, just had a surgery and you know, I didn't really have a lot of time and I thought, you know what, maybe I just shouldn't be putting my time towards doing this. And we've only done one of these. If, if we stop doing it now, nobody would even notice. Uh, we didn't even have that many listeners the first episode anyway, uh, you know, as people didn't really know about it. But, uh, so yeah, we nearly, or I nearly quit uh, without even, uh, telling you that I was going to do it. I was thinking, you know what, I just might not do this anymore. Uh, needless to say, I'm glad that, uh, my wife talked me into continuing doing it. She said, well, you're having fun doing it. Then, uh, you know, figure it out, find the time. Uh, but you know, it was sort of the thing where I wasn't sure whether a, I wanted to keep dedicating so much time to it or B, I just wasn't sure it was very good. Uh, if it's not very good and you know, it's not serving a need, then why am I going to keep doing it? So, but of course, like anything else, you're, you can't be good the first time out. You know, we've gotten better over time, and uh, it's been worth the effort, at least from my uh, standpoint anyway. Yeah, well, let's be thankful for both of our wives because they can find ways to keep us grounded one way or the other and uh, keep our heads on straight. But I, I'm really glad that you, you didn't quit ap- after uh, the first episode and continued on um, because I think that that really leads into some of the, my favorite things about the, the, the podcast. 
Uh, the first one, uh, my favorite thing was an interview that goes way back to episode two with Nick Lestava. Uh, it, I think it was a great interview that you had with him. It was great to hear a local guy. Uh, it, the, the first one uh, w- was good, but even with Nick being a sponsored athlete and him sharing at least coaching points along the way, things that I would say, it was uh, uh, Nick, I was like, oh, that is spot on, way to go. And it was really great to hear. How about for you? What are some of your favorite interviews? Uh, buddy, could you go back to the beginning of what you were saying about, I think that leads great into the next thing. Uh, it started to break up on my end, and I'm just not sure whether it recorded correctly or whether it's going to sound all clippy. Okay, so I'll pick up with something like, uh, I'm, I'm really glad you didn't quit after the first episode. Yeah, that's fine. All right. All right. Uh, three, two, one. Uh, Glenn, I'm really glad you didn't quit after that first episode because that really leads into uh, some of my favorite things about the podcast, uh, specifically uh, the very next episode, episode number two uh, with Nick Lestava. Uh, I think it was a great interview. Uh, it was great to hear from a local person who was a sponsored athlete, uh, and he had coaching points throughout his his interview with you that I was like, oh, Nick, that's great. Keep it going. And I, I thought it was a great interview, especially from the coaching points that he was making along the way. Glenn, any favorite interviews for you? Yeah, I definitely like the one with Nick. Uh, again, he get, uh, it's always a, a good source of positive energy on social media or if you ever meet him. Uh, but one that really uh, came to me in sort of the middle of the year was uh, Aaron Surrett, um, local runner, uh, does a lot of ultra races, uh, you know, really had a big first half of the year, uh, you know, doing well at the Georgia death race down uh, in uh, outside of Atlanta. But then she had sort of a disappointment in May uh, at quest for the crest 50 K wasn't able to finish it. But, you know, and she talked a lot about, uh, you know, the disappointment, from that, but she came back pretty quickly and crushed the Highland Sky 40 miler just the very next month. So, uh, you know, kind of getting into the mind of an ultra runner, dealing with uh, those disappointments, kind of the the hard times, uh, you know, in a tough race in rough conditions, and then, you know, the, and the physical issues that it can create, uh, and then just sort of, you know, the will to kind of push through those uh, disappointments and those struggles, um, you know, to come back for the next race not long later, you know, not uh, very far into the future and to, to just kind of wipe the slate clean with a a better effort. Uh, I thought that was a really great interview. Uh, do you have any other favorites among the, uh, interviews, buddy? Yeah, I had one other one that really came to mind and, and, and Glenn, I think it's one where I, I felt that you really hit your stride. Uh, it was uh, a a great set of interviews. Uh, it was the back to school episode with, uh, Nia Warren and, uh, coach Greg Hendra. Um, I, I think with that episode, you were very comfortable, especially with Coach Greg. Uh, and it, it was also very good to hear from a, a young athlete uh, up and coming uh, that I think we'll, we'll have our eye on uh, for many years to come. And I just felt from that point forward, uh, you, you were really hitting your stride and great interviews uh, all the way throughout the year. Not that the ones earlier uh, weren't bad, but I think it was just a combination of um, uh, technology was actually playing in our favor. And you, you just really held, hit a good comfort zone for you. Yeah, definitely with the interviewing over time, I, I've become a little bit more comfortable and, uh, you know, develop some different questions, uh, you know, different ways to try to keep the interviews going and make the guests comfortable. And uh, in, I did get to do a couple interviews this year uh, in person, including the one with uh, Coach Horenda uh, that I think also helped to make me and the interviewee, you know, a little more comfortable. You're less likely to talk over each other in an in-person interview. So uh, that might be something we'll do a little bit more here in the future. I did have one other one that uh, I wanted to talk about, and this one was kind of a very cool one for me personally, and that was episode eight, uh, the interview with Kelly Bell. Uh, obviously, it was mostly a non-running interview, which kind of stands out as being strange, but uh, also just it was somebody that I had really admired and followed for really the last 20 years and uh, you know, just heard some very cool stories about you know, someone being in the public eye and kind of chasing their passions in all the different places that it's taken him. Uh, and, you know, he's just obviously a very good 
you know, storyteller, good at uh, talking and sharing his story and what was on his mind. But I found that to be a really fun interview. And uh, the whole time I'm just thinking, how cool is this? You know, so, uh, you know, personally, that was a real fun one for me. Uh, and then, you know, the one part of the show that is uniquely yours is, uh, you know, uh, the Coach Buddy segment, uh, you know, the Coach's Corner. Uh, what were some of your favorite things to be able to put together and do for the for your segment? Well, I I, I would be lying if I didn't think that my one of my favorite segments was uh, the running naked uh, segment. Uh, you know, clearly that was a little bit of tongue in cheek, and uh, uh, no one wants to see me running naked. But I, I thought uh, we had a lot of fun putting that one together. And, uh, you know, it's just a reminder to all of us that uh, let's every once in a while we just really need to ditch the electronics and get out there and just enjoy the run because that's why we run to begin with is because it's enjoyable. Uh, the, the other one that uh, really stands out to me, and it was our recurring segment on uh, the marathon training, uh, I really enjoyed speaking with both you and TJ Bryan during uh, that, uh, that stretch that started kind of in July and, and just wound up uh, at the last episode where from uh, every other episode we talked with one another, I had the opportunity to give some suggestions along the way and hear how you guys were doing. Uh, and, you know, when I coach other people, sometimes uh, I spend a lot of time with them because I'm out running with them as part of the BRC training group. Uh, other times, they just want to reach out to me and say, hey, buddy, put together a training plan for me. I'll contact you if I need anything. And then I never hear from them again until they say, hey, I, I completed my marathon. I'm real happy with it. Thank you. Uh, but it was it was really great uh, to spend that time with you and TJ uh, hearing the ups and downs that both of you were going through uh, and be able to work through those things uh, both positively and and things that need to be improved upon uh, during that time period. And, and uh, I think uh, we've gotten a lot of good feedback from uh, uh, other runners who enjoyed that that uh, that series as well. And uh, perhaps that's something we can do again next year. Yeah, I definitely enjoyed those two for, for different reasons. Uh, the running naked part was just fun, especially trying to come up with ways to make it appear that you were, in fact, running naked for social media posts. Uh, but also, you know, with the uh, marathon training segments, uh, you know, it was sort of a look into that sort of coach-athlete relationship. A lot of uh, coaches are doing remote, uh, you know, clients now where a lot of the focus is sending things back and forth through email, but uh, having sort of a weekly or every other week coaching call and you know you really had to be on your toes you couldn't really plan everything that you were going to say to us in those um in those calls because you're very responsive to what we were providing and then providing sort of instant feedback from your perspective so that was very helpful for me and i know it was for tj as well but i thought it was also just a real nice look inside the coach athlete relationship yeah i i really enjoy doing that and uh uh, I, I hope I was a benefit to you and TJ. Uh, you both did a wonderful job. And I, I'm going to give a little tip to our, our listeners out there that uh, you know, coaching is one thing that is extremely underrated that, you know, people don't think they need a coach. And I think you, uh, from my standpoint, I think the more coaching you can get, the better. But at the end of the day, in some ways, it's also overrated because you really, as the athlete, are the one who has to go out there and do it on race day. You're the one who has to put the time in. I can say every all the good things in the world, but unless you, the athlete, get, get out there and do the hard work and then perform on race day, it, it really doesn't matter. So uh, I think in a strange dichotomy, coaching is both overrated and underrated. And uh, in, in terms of what both you and TJ did, uh, you both of you knocked it out of the park in, in, in 2019. So congratulations to both of you. So moving on to a, another uh, regular segment that we had was race reports. And uh, Glenn, is there any race report uh, that stands out for you this year? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And before I get into individuals, this ended up being probably one of my favorite uh, things in the podcast as we went on, uh, just hearing people's uh, stories from different races. Uh, and I'm sort of trying to, anytime I find somebody who's doing sort of an interesting race or one far away, 
I'm sort of pushing them to do race reports now because it's a fun way to get people engaged and to hear about, uh, you know, different events in different places, which is is very cool. But uh, the first ones that I wanted to mention would have been with Jeremy Ardnoy. Uh, Jeremy, of course, is a very fast runner. Uh, and uh, to hear his reports from the Baltimore Marathon at, in episode 22 and the California International Marathon in 27 uh, was really awesome for me just because he's coming from a very different place than I am as a runner. Uh, I mean, he's an elite. Uh, and for a local runner to win in sort of the hometown marathon and, and sort of get deep inside that experience uh, was very interesting and very cool. Uh, and then for CIM, you know, at the culmination of a year of training for uh, an Olympic trials qualifier, uh, and, you know, had a very great race, you know, he, he set a marathon PR, but came up a little bit short. Uh, he was very open and honest, uh, when I asked him questions about sort of dealing with, uh, you know, how does it feel, you know, when you come go for a big goal and you come up a little bit short or your body doesn't cooperate all the day, uh, you know, he provided some great insights and, and was very generous with, uh, you know, sharing his time and, uh, some insight on that. So those were some of, uh, my favorites of the year. Uh, buddy, how about you? Which ones uh, struck a chord with you? Well, there were a lot of good ones throughout the, the year, Glenn, but uh, one that really stands out uh, for me uh, from a good friend of both both, both you and I, uh, Randy Rittenauer's race report, the immersive race report uh, from the Pemberton 24 way back in episode 22. I think that was really uniquely done uh, where he recorded as he was running uh kudos to randy i don't think i would have been able to do that uh he did it in the light of day in the pitch of darkness uh in the highs uh, uh, uh during the race and in the lows where you know, he was just kind of a little bit in despair and then also when he needed to take a break and then uh triumphantly finishing uh the last one i thought it was really cool uh and I, I just really enjoyed that that report from from Randy. I just think it it was really cool. How about you? What any any thoughts on that one? Yeah, definitely. I mean, just going back to the original idea, uh, Randy came to me you know a few months uh, ahead of that race and and sort of said this was something he was thinking about doing and and what did I think about it? Is that something I might be interested in? And you know, I was just blown away that he wanted to to offer that we did a little bit of strategizing. We, you know, tried to figure out some different ways to record the content, to share the content with me, uh, you know, and then all, you know, he, you know, once we tested out a few things, he just sort of ran with it and, you know, little by, and he ended up recording way, way, way more than I thought um, he would, because, you know, I'm thinking in the middle of the race, is he really going to stop every, hour and take five minutes and record something and for the most part he did uh you know there were you know was well over an hour's worth of content um that he recorded uh you know from before the race to during the race to just after the race and uh then i was sort of left thinking oh man how do i distill this down to something usable without uh cutting things out and as i was starting to do that he said you know what i think i just want to see this through and uh and he put the whole thing together so that was completely you know without my intervention or guiding i mean very little guidance from me uh you know i offered a few suggestions but for the most part randy just kind of from beginning to end uh put the whole thing together and i've gotten a lot of very positive feedback from that uh from those who are ultra runners and those who are not who just uh found the whole thing very interesting entertaining and uh and enlightening so that was uh, that was definitely one of my favorites of the year as well. But I did have one other one from uh, another BRC running, uh, runner, uh, Jody Baronado, uh, from the Paris to Versailles Le Grand Classique at episode 23. Uh, I mean, and I like this one just because, A, it was from a very different place, and we got to a little bit of a look into running in another country, you know, from, uh, you know, I mean, even, like, you know, silly things like, uh, you know, these urinals that people just sort of step up to and use and stuff like this and i'm just getting a mental picture from the whole thing and i'm laughing the whole way and uh you know it's sort of inspiring me to think about you know next time i travel somewhere maybe i can get in a race too uh because i think that might be fun to share 
Yeah, I think that was a, a, a great race report as well. Uh, as you know, Glenn, I get the opportunity to run with Jody every now and then with the Harford County Trail Runners. And uh, I, she has great stories to tell along uh, the trail, and it was great to hear uh, her give that, that race report. Uh, so as, as we're looking back on uh, 2019, uh, Glenn, do you have any awards to give out? Yeah, and these are all very unofficial awards. Uh, no one's going to be getting any uh, big checks or, or large trophies in the mail from me. But uh, I did have a, a couple of Runner of the Year awards, and this is just all completely subjective and uh, and completely biased on uh, on my part. Uh, we'll start with the Male Runner of the Year, uh, which you know is sort of uh, you called it earlier, kind of a duh moment but uh you know jeremy ardenoy uh so i'm just going to recap some of the things he did this year uh that were pretty notable to me uh so he went uh just under 108 at the richmond half marathon in november uh he won the baltimore 10 miler in june of course won the baltimore marathon in october and went sub 225 at cim but uh i think the other thing that impressed me was just how frequently he raced it didn't have to be a big race it didn't have to be something with prize money he was but he was winning or finishing second at pretty much every race that uh he was doing so ones like uh the arbutus firecracker 10k you know to even small little club races like the gunpowder trail race on uh, memorial day weekend you know he was just sort of everywhere but to be able to to follow his progress throughout the year and you know he's he pushed towards some really big goals and, and reached pretty much all of them um you know i was just really impressed at what he did this year and uh, very excited to see what he does going into 2020 you're spot on with that that award glenn uh i i have i can't say that i've raced against jeremy because uh he is a different class he's in a class of his own right now uh but when i have been in races with him uh particularly BRC races. Uh, and if it's an out and back, it, it's, it's really awesome to see him running towards you because uh, he, he runs strong. And from a coaching point, he really runs very effortlessly. It, it appears, you know, it, it's just, a, a, it, he, he's a beauty to watch out there. So if, if you haven't seen Jeremy run, uh, or you get a chance to run with him, whether in a race or, or just watch him in a race, it, it's something, it, it, it it's something to behold. It, it's really beautiful to watch him. So there, there's your male of the year. You have a female to talk about? I do. And uh, this one was uh, a little bit tougher because there was a lot of uh, really impressive uh, performances on the ladies' side this year. But uh, I decided uh, to go with somebody who I've just been really impressed at seeing what they've been able to do this year. Um, and it's Betsy Lyons. Uh, Betsy, uh, has been on the running scene here locally for quite a while, but she's been getting more and more into ultras the last few years. Uh, and this year, big goal was in uh, late May or early June, uh, running her first hundred mile at uh, Old Dominion, her and her husband, Johnny, that was their first hundred for both of them. But, you know, Johnny sort of slowed down at, at periods of times, was a little bit dinged up, but she just kept going you know every couple of weeks and without a whole lot of planning uh it was like all right well maybe i'll get into the stone mill 50 biler or you know a, a month after stone mill eh, maybe i'll do this devil dog 100k and you know she just went out and was just very very consistent uh you know and you know if anyone's ever met betsy she's you know kind of quiet kind of up uh, and sort of stoic but you know, I think that benefits her really well as a trail runner, uh, you know, in these longer races. But to do three races at 50 to 100 miles and, and just come out of it really solid, very, very impressed. But even uh, and one of my favorite performances of her for the year was uh, the Annapolis Striders Women's Distance Festival 5K in July. Uh, she went out there and won the thing. So, uh, you know, at short distances and long. Uh, she was just really impressive this year and, uh, you know, was just racing everything. I mean, the day after Women's Distance Festival, she was out at a Sweet Air Trail Race, uh, you know, and, and of course, trying to downplay the whole thing. Oh, all the fast people stayed home. But uh, like, no, I saw the tub. You were plenty fast and uh, you, you run the competition you have that day. Uh, and to be able to run a fast 5K when you're trading for 100 milers, I was just super impressed by that. So, uh, you know, Betsy Lyons. Had to be my choice for uh, 
for female runner of the year for Baltimore for 2019. Uh, Glenn, I, I, I can't agree with you more. Uh, that that's a great choice. Uh, you know, I, I've, I've had a lot of good conversations with, uh, Betsy over this past year and, and you're right. Uh, she's stoic. She's very unassuming and, and very modest and humble about what, what she's done out on the trail or out on the roads. Uh, she's she's had a very great year, and she's oh yeah, I did this, and yeah, no big deal. When when from uh, I I consider myself compared to her a mere mortal because uh, she she just had such a great year, and uh, Betsy, well done. It, it was a great 2019 for you, and we can't wait to see what happens in 2020. So uh, along with those two, Glenn, were you inspired by anybody this year? Yeah, definitely had some inspiring running performances, and. Uh... I guess before I get into this and same with the runner of the year, uh, you know, it, it's hard for me to to put some of these out because I feel like I'm leaving out so many people who did really awesome things this year. But uh, my first most inspiring running performance is from a runner uh, that I don't really know all that well, but uh, her husband, Brian, uh, reached out after they ran the Bigfoot 200. So it's a 200 miler uh, out in Washington. So Ashley Carr uh, ran the second half of the Bigfoot hundred mile or with a stress fracture. So that's a hundred miles on a broken leg. Uh, so, uh, just the fortitude that was necessary to continue on and finish that race. And, uh, you know, the whole, you know, had to spend the most of the second half of the year recovering from that, but she's already, you know, planning, you know, 50 milers and up, uh, all throughout 2020. So, uh, this has only made her that much more motivated to keep going on. Uh, in the middle of that interview, I said, well, that your motto must, uh, be death before DNF. And, uh, I think that's a, a mantle that she's sort of embracing there, but, uh, I just can't imagine for my own self, uh, you know, running a hundred miles at all, uh, much less with a, a stress fracture in my leg. Uh, I would, I got way too much quit in me to be able to do that. So uh, I was very inspired by what Ashley was able to do. Uh, I'm with you on that. Glenn, you know, I'm kind of a little bit of a newbie on trails. And uh, uh, if I, I barely twist my ankle, let alone a stress fracture, I can't imagine that running 100 miles. I mean, I, I limp along after just barely rolling my ankle uh, over, over a rock or something for, for three miles and, and complain all the way. So uh, that, that is impressive and inspiring. And, you know, maybe, maybe I need to take a, a page out of her book and just keep uh, persevering on. Uh, were there any other uh, favorite moments for you this year? Yeah, I've got a couple of others. Another one was from a guy who's uh, a little bit more well-known uh, and from the, just outside the D.C. area, but he runs a lot in the Baltimore area as well. Uh, and that'd be Michael Wardian, uh, you know, out of Alexandria or Arlington area. Uh, he did the uh, Beltway FKT. So this would be the D.C. Beltway. He ran about 90 miles uh, from one end of the D.C. Beltway to the other in late June. It was the very latest part of June. And it was pretty much the hottest day of the year up to that point with temperatures leading up to a hundred uh, degrees that day. I was out on a run that morning and uh, Pete Mulligan from Falls Road running was running along with me, told me this was going on. And I'm like, this guy's crazy. What is he doing? Uh, so I, but he did that. And, you know, it was just sort of a typical Mike Wardian year, lots of crazy things. Even before that, he had done 10 marathons uh, in 10 days. Uh, and the first seven were on all seven of the continents and he did it, all of them well under three hours. Actually, I think all of them under two fifties. So, uh, you know, this guy just keeps doing inspiring things, you know, for a guy with a regular job and a family and, um, you know, to just to be able to go out and, and run fast marathons, you know, he came in second at Baltimore this year and had come in first at NCR the year before. So, uh, you know, he's just everywhere all the time and that's pretty inspiring. Uh, but then I also had one honorable mention and that was from, uh, one of our earlier podcast guests, Susie Serpico, who did, uh, the Epic five triathlons in Hawaii. So that was an Ironman triathlon every day for five days on five different Hawaiian islands. Um, and it was during the middle of the school year. She's a teacher as well. Uh, same as me. And she did this during a school year and then went back to work, uh, pretty much right after it was over, uh, you know, to be able to get the training in over the winter to be able to then travel out to Hawaii and do that, uh, you know, while working a full-time job, that was uh, pretty inspiring to be as well. So I would give a shout out to her as well. 
Very cool, Glenn. Um, so are there anything else, uh, anything in, in the back of your mind that, you know, is kind of like a flashbulb moment that you, you just hold that picture in your mind? Yeah, and this is definitely one of those things where social media comes in for me. Uh, you know, I, I've been following those things a little bit more this year, mainly to see uh, what kind of cool things people are doing so I can get them to come and talk about them on the podcast. But I had a couple of moments from uh, one of my favorite local running crews, the Faster Bastards. Uh, so when Jeremy Ardenoy, who's uh, one of their members, uh, won the Baltimore Marathon, he gets uh, the cup for winning the race. And, uh, you know, the whole crew kind of picks him up and carries him off, you know, on their shoulders with a, you know, trophy over his head, like a, a conquering hero. That was a, a pretty cool moment. But also a couple of weeks before that, a whole bunch of them had gone up to the wine glass marathon, uh, which, uh, you know, TJ was up there as well. Uh, but as each of them came through the, uh, the finish line over, you know, a period of almost an hour, uh, you know, each of them took they, this flag that they carry, they've got uh, kind of a team flag. And, you know, as they're running through the finish with this, uh, this black flag with the team on it and all of these people from uh, New York who have no idea who they are, they definitely made an impression in the, the photos that uh, Gavin Tab uh, shared from that race. Uh, you know, it was just really cool. And, it, you know, made me want to learn a little bit more about that group and do some running with them, which I've had a chance to do. So I uh, want to give a quick shout out to the faster bastards for uh, sharing uh, their running moments on online and sharing them with the community because I found those pretty fun to follow. That's 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 pretty cool, Glenn. And um, uh, for you, uh, were there any memorable races for you that you did this year that uh, you know will will highlight this year for you? Right. Yeah. Definitely wanted to talk about a few of those uh, NCR marathon. Obviously. Uh, was a big race for me, and uh, I just wanted to use this as an opportunity to thank everybody who was out there on the course that day, whether I saw them or spoke to them or not. Uh, you know, I, first person on the course that I saw that was supporting me was you uh, at, at the first turn coming out of Old Fields, encouraging me on. Uh, but at every water stop, at every aid station, there was uh, somebody I knew from one group or another, either handing me a goo or handing me a water or just giving me a kind word or chasing after me with bagpipes, uh, to get me to laugh. Uh, you know, I wanted to sort of thank everybody from all the different running groups in Baltimore who were encouraging me on that day. Uh, other things that me were memorable for me was, a, a race that you and I, uh, both did called the sweet air trail race. This was in July. It had rained qu uh, a little bit, a few days before that. And, uh, I had a lot of fun uh, sort of navigating through shoe sucking mud and kind of slip sliding around. But uh, that was my first trail race I'd ever run where I didn't fall down and I didn't get injured, didn't twist an ankle or something. So uh, knowing that I could do that, it, it was just a really fun race and uh, made me want to run the trails a little more. And the last one was the Arbutus Firecracker 10K. Uh, that was by far the hottest race I've ever run. So I'll remember it for the carnage. Uh, there was definitely some really great runners out there that day who suffered quite a bit. So it was just sort of a reminder that no matter how good we are, you know, that we are all vulnerable to the conditions and that, you know, we all share that same course and the same struggles out there. Want a big shout out to the Arbutus community for the dozens of people with their yard sprinklers spraying us down during the race because i don't know if i'd have been able to make it without that and uh i think i'll definitely go back to get some more of those uh post-race snow cones uh, it's the only race i've ever done with a snow cone machine at the end and uh pretty much a, a whole cookout's worth of uh of snacks at the end so uh those were the three that were most memorable for me uh what about you buddy uh, Glenn, those are, are three good points uh, and races uh, for this year for you. Uh, just to add on to that, the NCR Marathon, for the people out there who have not run that, uh, it is a great little race to do. Y yes, it's on the NCR that we've all probably run a dozen or more times. Uh, it, it's not the greatest scenery, but the support that you get from the running community at that race, as well as the swag that race director Bart Ryan puts together, 
you can't beat it. Uh, it's great values for money, and uh, that ought to be on people's list for next year. Uh, the Sweet Air Trail Race, uh, Glenn, you and I went out for a warm-up ahead of time, and we got a little inkling of what the day was going to be like as we we uh, dodged the mud bogs uh, as we were going through our warm-up. Uh, but you're right, that was shoe sucking. I almost lost my shoe at one point. Uh, I did lose my hat and it went bill down right into the mud. And the Arbutus Firecracker 10K, that, that's a race that I, I did when I was running late 90s. And when I came back to running in, in uh, 2015, I picked right back up with that again. Um, I, it, that's just a great race. Yes, it is bloody hot, always on the 4th of July. The sun just beats down on your shoulder at the start line. It's an uphill start and just about an uphill finish, except for the last two-tenths of a mile. Uh, but the community comes out for it. It's well-supported, uh, and the race directors who've run it for the past two years have really taken it to the next level, so I'm really excited to see what's going to come of that race over the next couple of years. Uh, but I, I, I do have a couple races uh, for me that are memorable. Uh, the, the York Marathon that I ran this year, uh, it is on the Heritage Rail Trail. Uh, most of it is anyway. And uh, that is the PA counterpart to the NCR Trail. Uh, what's interesting about that race is that as you're going south, you're actually going uphill a little bit and then you have a downhill finish. Uh, but that race was held on the first really hot day of the year. Uh, and that that race uh, maybe didn't have carnage, but people didn't uh, have the results that they were looking for. If you finished anything after three and a half hours, I think the, the heat just sucked the life right out of you. Uh, a couple weeks later, I ran my first ultra race. I, I ran the Run Your Town 24-hour race uh, put on by Charm City Annapolis. And uh, it was held on Global Running Day. And I had some lessons learned from that. And uh, hopefully in my, my next ultra race, uh, I'll be able to apply those lessons learned. Um, but, but really, uh, I think my highlight for me personally this year uh, is uh, getting out on the trails. Uh, my first trail race ever uh, was a BRC Super Bowl trail race back in February, and I have to thank Missy Courtois about that. Uh, she really egged me on to do that race, uh, and I haven't looked back, and uh, I think that's, we'll talk about that in a little bit. It is definitely going to set the uh, the stage for my, my 2020. Um, Glenn, th th those are our high points, but were there any uh, fabulous failures, I like to call them, for you this year? Yeah, uh, definitely. There's a, uh, you know, in any time you're doing something new, there's definitely going to be some things that don't go so well, but, uh, uh, didn't you really enjoy the, uh, interview that I did with, uh, Michael Wardian back in July? Uh, Glenn, what interview was that? I don't recall that one. On the last weekend of June, Michael Wardian ran the, uh, Beltway FKT, uh, where he did the entire circumference of the Capitol Beltway, about 90 miles. Uh, on the hottest weekend of June at the very end there. And uh, so I reached out to him in early July, just figured, you know, what's the worst that can happen? Uh, went to his website, got his email, uh, sent him an email, asked him to couple the podcast. And, uh, Mike said, yeah, sure, he'd love to come on. And it took us about, oh, two weeks or so for us to find an acceptable date for the recording uh, as he was going to a NASA launch down in Florida among family vacations and other things. But once we finally got it together in mid-July, I uh, was able to do a very nice interview with Mike Wardian. Uh, he was very gracious, very kind, and uh, has had a lot of experience uh, doing interviews uh, for all of the different cool things that he's done. So it was a really great about 38 or so minute interview, and I was super excited uh, throughout the whole thing, but especially at the end. I just couldn't wait to uh, check out the recording and see how it sounded. And I checked uh, my Skype account and it was gone. There, uh, there must have been some sort of recording glitch. I hit record at the beginning, uh, but didn't check it during uh, the interview. And uh, the recording was just gone. Uh, I had done another uh, interview, a much shorter one, the same evening that I also lost. Uh, luckily, I was able to get that one back. Uh, and this happened on occasion uh, throughout the year uh, where there'd be some sort of recording error and I would uh, lose something. But the only one I wasn't able to get back was Michael Wardian. So 
uh, is one of the issues that you get into with trying to record uh, remote interviews. So hopefully I'm able to do a few more in-person interviews this year because uh, that might take away some of those issues. So that was my big fabulous failure for the year was losing uh, the Michael Wardian interview. Hopefully I'll be able to catch up with him at a later time. I'll tell you what, buddy, uh, thinking about fabulous failures makes me also think about one of my favorite winter holidays, which is December 23rd, better known as Festivus. And one of the big characteristics of Festivus is the Festivus airing of grievances. Uh, For the purposes of the show, I'm going to think about uh, not all the ways that people have disappointed us over the years, but sort of the grievances uh, that people have had with the show during this year. Uh, Occasionally, people will reach out and share uh, concerns or areas where they think we could do a little bit better. And uh, here was one of the controversies that you got into, buddy. Uh, first, uh, people should uh, check out the training pages at www.brc.com. So, buddy, what happened to the dub? Uh, you give us a little bit of background on that one. Well, as I was coaching the half marathon training group back in the summer, uh, someone said, buddy, what's up with the dub, dub, dub? And they were nice about it. That's just me. And then the next week, they said it again. Buddy, you did it again. What's the dub, dub, dub all about? And I'm kind of dense. It takes a few times for things to get through to me. And it was the third time that the same person came to me and went, buddy, yeah, that dub dub dub's gotta go. So I went back and I went, all right, I don't even need to say dub 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 or how hard is it to say www.brrc.com. So I just dropped the dub 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 altogether. And lo and behold, that next episode where I had stopped saying dub dub dub, that same person came back to me and said, buddy. What happened to the dub, dub, dub? <laughs> so it, it was all in good fun. And uh, I, I, I think there's a, uh, a campaign amongst uh, some of the BRC coaches to, to, to bring back the dub, dub, dub. So maybe it'll make a, a return visit. And maybe it won't. We'll see. Uh, how about you, Glenn? Have, has there been any feedback that our loyal listeners have shared with you that they uh, would really like to see? Yeah, definitely on my end, uh, you know, the biggest thing that I've heard uh, either in person or occasionally uh, uh, with messages sent to me, and, and this one actually came pretty early, and that was about uh, two things uh, that I could control. One, uh, that especially when I was recording things like uh, – the uh, best running routes or the calendar section that I was just coming off a little flat, uh, not much enthusiasm, a little bit monotone, which uh, once I went back and, and listened to it uh, again myself, I'm like, yeah, I can definitely see that and how that would be something that people might want to skip through. Uh, but the other was about sound quality. And, uh, you know, without, you know, I was trying to find different ways to get the sound levels, even for, uh, you know, both people in an interview or to make it so that the, music and the interviews would be at about the same sound level so it's something that i've definitely taken a little time to try to work on it's still not perfect but uh you know those were sort of areas where i've tried to make some improvements over time because if there was any sort of barrier to people wanting to uh listen to the podcast i wouldn't want to send them away on something as as fixable as sound quality so uh that's something heading into 2020 we're gonna take a little bit more look at, uh, which is actually a good sort of segue into the next thing, just sort of, um, an inside look at, uh, podcasting. Number one thing I learned sound matters. Uh, and obviously it's an audio format. Uh, it's important to make sure that, uh, things sound good and that, you know, people enjoy listening to it, not just for the content, but also the, um, you know, the sound quality. Uh, but the one thing I wasn't really thinking much about was how important social media would be. Uh, I mean, it's been important in a couple of ways uh, in getting people more aware of the show. Uh, the more my guests share uh, social media posts that I make or make their own social media posts about appearances, that's really uh, pushed larger numbers of downloads for those episodes and uh, help people to engage and become more aware of what we're doing. 
but also it's been for me to be able to find guests uh, as I've used social media to kind of see what people are doing and kind of follow people a little bit. You know, it's given me ideas about different people in the community doing cool things that I might want to share with others. Um, third thing that I've learned is that uh, to make this as good as I can make it, uh, it's going to take a lot of time, a lot more than I originally thought. Um, and it's not just time with the actual recordings. It's uh, in planning uh, the episodes, in coming up with guests, trying to figure out times to to meet with them. Uh, you know, it's ended up being a little more time consuming than I thought it would be uh, planning social media posts, this sort of thing. But um, I found that it's worth it, uh, a little bit of extra time to make it a little bit better. It's made the product a little bit better. Um, one other thing is that I've become sort of a public figure which uh, I wasn't um, really expecting. I'm sort of more comfortable being around, but not necessarily being a, a focal point of attention. Uh, but now because of the podcast, people want to come up and talk to me about it. Uh, and even weirder, sometimes people will uh, recognize my voice. Uh, buddy, have you had any experience with that one? Yeah, uh, I've met so many great people in the running community because they just happen to hear my voice and go, oh, you're running coach buddy. It's great to meet you. And uh, it, it it shows just the uh, how much the podcast is getting out there. Uh, I've met some some great people at our races, and uh, I, I I think it's it, it's interesting and and a little bit of humbling that people actually recognize me. And when they say how much they've enjoyed uh, our segments and the podcast as a whole. Uh, anything else, uh, if, final insight uh, on looking at a podcast? Uh, yeah, just um, in, in sort of that same vein of, of being sort of a public figure now with the podcast is just that when I'm thinking about things that, uh, you know, uh, it's sort of this responsibility to the community, you know, kind of trying to portray things in a positive way and, uh, you know, that I'm responsible far beyond just myself. So, you know, it, it helps to kind of keep me motivated. Uh, you know, I'm Sometimes I struggle doing things just for myself, but, uh, you know, when I know that others are counting on me, uh, you know, it kind of keeps me motivated to, to keep things going in, in a positive direction and, and keep uh, things going. So where it's like, well, I'm kind of busy, but it's like, well, you know, people are expecting this episode to come out and uh, they're going to be looking for it or, you know, it's, um, you know, something that they look forward to, uh, you know, it kind of keeps me focused on, on putting things out there uh, in a timely manner. But uh, with all of that said, uh, you know, 2019 is pretty much over and we're heading along to 2020. Uh, are there any things uh, related to the podcast and especially to Coach's Corner that, uh, you know, you've been sort of thinking about for the new year? Well, Glenn, is it OK if I coach a little bit right now? Absolutely. What else would you uh, we expect from you, buddy? Oh, thanks, Glenn. So for our listeners out there, as uh, they're beginning to look at 2020 and a lot of people make New Year's resolutions, uh, I don't make New Year's resolutions because they're, they're seldom kept. But I do like to make goals. And uh, I have some tips for for people uh, in, in setting goals and, and, and specifically how to set SMART goals. And the word smart, each letter of the word smart means something different. So the first one, S, means specific. So when you set a goal, make it specific. Don't make it nebulous. Uh, be, be very specific on what you want to do. Uh, maybe you're going to run your first 10K half uh, marathon or full marathon this year. Go ahead and be very specific. Say, Don't, don't say, oh, I'm going to run a race this year, but say, I'm going to run a specific race or a specific distance. Uh, secondly, uh, when when you set a goal, that M, make it measurable. So take, for instance, you say, I, I, I want to get faster this year uh, or I, I want to run a different distance. So go ahead and make that say, I, I'd like to decrease my, my time by 10 seconds for a 5K or, or 30 seconds for a half K. Give something for you to strive for. Also, that A in SMART, make it attainable. Uh, as, as you're looking at something, let, let's say you're, you're just running 5Ks right now. It, maybe it's not it's such a good idea to say, I'm going to run my first half marathon or full marathon this year. Uh, it, it might be a good goal for you to say, hey, I'm going to run my first 10K in the spring, and then I'm going to step to a half marathon in the fall. 
make sure it's a, a, a attainable. Uh, otherwise, you, you'll be setting yourself up for uh, for failure. The R in SMART, make it relevant. If, if you're going to set some training goals for yourself, make it relevant to running. Uh, you know, cross-training uh, is a good thing. Uh, the RRCA recommends that any cross-training that you do uh, is related to running. Uh, but if if you're going out and say, hey, I'm going to achieve the CrossFit Championship of the world this year, well, th that's good, but that's not related to running. So make sure anything you do is going to help it with the uh, with your running. And finally, the T in SMART, make it time bound. Uh, give your sp a sp specific amount of time to to reach that goal. A, a year is is a great time, but maybe you want to set some some shorter uh, and uh, goals as you go along for that full year. So so let's say, as I, I mentioned earlier in terms of attainable, you're going to run a, a, a 10K in the spring and then a half marathon uh, in the fall. Uh, just don't let it go on and say, oh, someday my bucket list is to run a half marathon. Go, go ahead and say, I'm going to do it this year. Uh, so th th those are my coaching tips for this year. Uh, for, for you, Glenn, what are you looking ahead for 2020? Looking ahead to the podcast for 2020, the theme for the new year is going to be switching things up. Uh, the first 28 episodes are going to be kind of considered season one. And uh, starting with the first Monday in January, it's going to be a whole new season starting with new music. Uh, during 2019, the Kelly Bell Band uh, created a new album called Know My Name. It's a fantastic album with a lot of great new songs in it. So uh, I really wanted to reach out to the band and see if they would... Uh, allow us to use some of those new songs in the podcast, and they graciously allowed us to do so. So starting with uh, episode 29, there's going to be brand new music uh, throughout uh, the podcast, which is really exciting for me. In that vein, there's also going to be uh, an improvement in the sound quality, or at least an attempt to do so, uh, with new microphone and uh, some other new things that are going to hopefully make the listening experience a little bit better. Uh, also, uh, there's going to be some changes to format. Uh, we're not going to do a race calendar every episode. Uh, we're going to be doing a race calendar preview about a month in advance. And we already saw that in December. Uh, I shared in episode 27 the race calendar for all of the month of January. So that gives people a little bit more time to check out their race calendar uh, beforehand where sometimes we were telling people about things sort of last minute, which uh, maybe wasn't quite as helpful. So that means there's not going to be a race calendar every episode, but hopefully when we do share it, it'll be a little more helpful. There's also going to be a new segment called The Why, and this actually goes back to something that I kind of picked up on in the Kelly Bell interview, uh, focusing in on why do we do these things that take us away from our family, that take us away from other things in our lives, and it's because we really care about them. Uh, so I think it's really important when we think about our mental training uh, to think about why we're doing this, why we push ourselves uh, to do these difficult things in long races or uh, in tough conditions. You know, why do we keep uh, getting up to train every day? Uh, it's good to have uh, an understanding of what your motivation is. So uh, this is going to be an opportunity for runners uh, in sort of a monologue format to kind of share you know, what motivates them to run or to do races, which of course can shift over time. It can be different depending on the situation. Uh, but I think this is going to be a, a new way that we can get some insight into uh, the mind of the runner. All right. There's also going to be hopefully some more collaboration this year. Uh, I tried to build in more of this as we went through the year, but I want to get more voices uh, onto the podcast, uh, get new perspectives on uh, different segments that we could have, uh, because I think that certainly made the podcast a lot better this year. So maybe a little bit more of that will uh, take the podcast in new directions, even better directions than what we've had before. Uh, and then again, something I've already spoken to a little bit is flexibility. Uh, you know, having a little bit more responsiveness to what's going on at the time instead of trying to make sure we have the same episodes, you know, that having the same format in every episode, which maybe isn't all that helpful because it seemed like we're kind of forcing things in there, making sure we have 
a running route and a destination route every week, having a race calendar every week. So again, one of my goals is going to be to make things a little bit more flexible and to try to make each episode a little bit more unique uh, and to make it the best possible. That That's sort of my goal for the podcast coming up in 2020, uh, and I'm pretty excited to see what kind of things you'll have in the Coach's Corner segment, mm-hmm. but we're still runners, buddy. Uh, what kind of uh, personal running goals do you have uh, for the new year? Well, my uh, my running goal was actually uh, kind of formulated back when I did the uh, the 24-hour race. Um, it was from that experience that I realized, hey, uh, I, I can do longer than a marathon. Uh, and also my newfound love of running trails, those two things hand in hand. I've decided to run my first 50K uh, and that is BRRC's uh, Gunpowder Ultra Keg uh, coming up in April. And uh, I'm in the midst of training for that right now. Uh, I have a goal for the race that uh, I think uh, it, the people that are helping me along the way, uh, Randy and uh, uh, Ken Furman, both have uh, kind of done a peer review of my training plan. And uh, I have a goal of getting it done in under eight hours. And they've both looked at me and said, uh, buddy, I think uh, you, you can do it much quicker than eight hours. But I'm holding to that now. And we'll, we'll see what race day brings. Um, later in the year, we'll see how things go. Uh, I, I've got uh, some uh, heavy work coming up for, for my job again later this year. Uh, so uh, I'm going to leave uh, the second half of the year kind of flexible, and uh, we'll see how things go uh, after I, I do my first 50K. Uh, how about you, Glenn? Yeah, I must say, buddy, one of the big surprises for me in 2019 was seeing uh, you turn into a trail runner, something you said you would never be. Uh, but that's really inspired me to want to spend a little bit more time on the trails. Of course, I've come off of a long season of marathon training, but I'm pretty excited to do a little bit more on the trails here coming off the NCR marathon to switch things up a little bit. So I'm going to plan on being out there at the Ultra Keg with you in April as well. But I'm also excited about uh, doing a little bit of uh, race directing, spending a little bit more time on uh, helping other people with their races, doing a little more volunteering this year. Uh, but my big goal for the year is to go back to the marathon distance in the fall, but this time at the Baltimore Marathon. I uh, received a race entry for Christmas for my wife, uh, very graciously granted me that, so I'll be able to uh, go back to the marathon distance, this time with the roads. Uh, and I know it's a much tougher course at Baltimore than I had at NCR, but I am going to be working on trying to build a little bit more speed and hopefully to set a PR at the marathon distance there despite the tougher course so uh those are my big goals for 2020 i think at this point uh uh this would be a good spot to sort of close things out buddy do you have any final thoughts for the year 2019 or and uh any thank yous uh so so final thoughts glenn this has been a, a great ride this year uh when we met a year ago to talk about it i wasn't sure where it was going to go uh i i just i liked the idea and uh i i I think it, it's been a lot of fun uh, this uh, doing this every other week and then our, our special uh, fifth episode. I've had a lot of fun doing those as well. Uh, so uh, my first thank you goes out to you. Uh, I, I've really enjoyed doing this. Uh, it kind of kind of fits in my wheelhouse. Uh, I, I not only am I a project manager, uh, and I thank you for allowing me to kind of guide you along a little bit, uh, especially early on. Uh, but in my my role at, at my job, I'm also I, I teach project management skills and I coach other project managers. Uh, so it, it fits right in my uh, wheelhouse. So thank you for allowing me to spread my wings a little bit in this type of area. Uh, thank you to uh, all the runners out there uh, who've given us feedback, who've who've met us at races, who's met us at at at, at training runs or just fun runs, uh, and and thank you for for your support of the podcast. Uh, and also, uh, I know you'll you'll include this, but uh, thank you to the Kelly Bell Band. Uh, for those of you who have not caught them live, uh, Glenn took me out to see them uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, right before the Christmas holiday. Uh, he took my wife and I to see a show of them, and they really put on a great show. And uh, if if you have an opportunity to see them live, uh, please go out and see them. So, uh, Kelly Bell Band, thank you for uh, a being a part of the podcast.
Glenn, how about for you? Any uh, final thoughts and thank yous for this year? Yeah, and of course, buddy, uh, my first thank you goes to you as well, again, just for being, uh, you know, sort of my right-hand man throughout the whole thing. And, uh, you know, you brought a lot of ideas and fresh energy to it. Uh, I wouldn't have wanted to do this alone. Uh, and of course, you know, to anybody who's listened to this podcast even once, uh, this is uh, a podcast for you. And uh, it's the sort of thing that uh, as uh, I've interacted more with people, I've realized that you know, we've sort of filled a void and people have been very thankful. And, uh, you know, I'm just very thankful to everybody who's kind of, uh, you know, offered words of support either in person or online, uh, who've, uh, offered to share content or, you know, just want to come up and talk to me about it. I've, it's become sort of part of the local running community and I'm, uh, glad that I was able to do that. Uh, and again, also to, uh, the Kelly Bell Band as well, again, www.kellybellband.com. Uh, if you haven't seen them, go see them. Uh, they've got a great show coming up uh, at the 8 by 10 on uh, January 4th. Uh, it's part of a show called Come Together. It's them and a number of other local bands doing covers of Beatles songs, uh, but with the benefits for the uh, Maryland Food Bank, uh, you know, as they need to replenish their stock after, uh, you know, helping so many local families here uh, during the winter holidays. So uh, highly recommend that folks uh, go out and check those out. And, uh, buddy, uh, just one more time for you, if, uh, people wanted to get in touch with you, uh, how could they do that? Thank you, Glenn. And, uh, if people want to reach out to me, they can check out the training pages at www.brc.com. Uh, as I mentioned in the last podcast, uh, there's going to be, uh, some changes, uh, neat changes for the training groups this year at BRC. So keep an eye on those training, uh, pages, uh, for more information. Uh, if they want to, people like to reach out to me directly, they can do so at, um, runningcoachbuddy at gmail.com, or they can look me up on Twitter at runningcoachbud. Thanks for that, buddy. That's a good reminder uh, for to share the contact information for the show. We have a website at runningaroundbmore.wixsite.com slash podcast, uh, where you can learn all about uh, past episodes and guests. Uh, there's also Running Around Baltimore on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can uh, get updates about the show, and you can reach out to us there to suggest future guests or segments or provide any feedback that you may have. Uh, we'd sure like to hear from you. So, folks, this is a great place to wrap things up. Uh, buddy, I want to thank you for all your help recapping 2019. So, folks, uh, we'll be back next week with a new episode with some new features in a new year. But until then, I hope to see you running around Baltimore. <laughs>